My name is Brandy, and I once ran a bookshop on wheels, and now I run a bookshop with an address in Edmonton, Alberta. This podcast is about books, the people who love them, and the business of, well, running an indie bookshop during a pandemic of all things. So I know a lot has changed. Definitely the focus of the podcast is changed a little bit. Um, and I'm in this episode, I'm going to talk about the decision to go with an address-based bookstore versus a bookstore on wheels um, and all the changes that happen with that. But I also wanted to remind you that we are still about books. We are about reading. We are about adding value to your reading life and all the people who share in that journey. So that part of the podcast won't change. We're still going to talk to awesome people. We're going to talk books. We're going to fill your TBRs with great titles. And we're going to talk about the business side of bookshop life. So let's just get to it. Why did we decide to transition from a bookshop on wheels, which is such a fun and innovative idea, to do what everybody has always done, which is just have a regular old bookstore. And you may be thinking, hey, Brandy, didn't we hear you before in this podcast say that if you just do the old thing with a bookstore, the whole if you build it, they will come idea, that that's just not where things are at anymore? Didn't you say that you were struggling with that idea because the value of a book truck was just so great? Yes. I did say all of that. And all of that is still true to some extent. I do think that the Bookshop on Wheels was a very fun, perfectly timed business experiment. And in all honesty, we did plan to still do the book truck in addition to the bookshop. But it just did not work out this year. The city that I'm in has changed a little bit about how the business licensing works and insurance was expensive this year. And because of COVID, a lot of the places that we had planned to take Daisy the book truck were not guaranteed to actually do their events. So the truck would be parked most of the year. That's a super expensive park job, y'all. That is crazy expensive. So the whole idea of loading the truck and having it be right for the events that we go to and then unloading the truck so we can have the books available for the people in the bookstore, it all just became just too much. That being said, everything worked out with the most delicious bookish serendipity you could imagine. So whenever... Hubs and I looked for a place because we knew that we did want to do a bookshop eventually. It was always like that beautiful shadow idea in the back of your mind. You know, you probably have them too, right? So we always thought, well, maybe someday. It was always so disappointing because the developers and the commercial spaces that we were looking for, they just wanted so much money. It would have been insane. So the prices of the books would have to go up significantly. We would never have peace because we were just giving our money to our landlords all the time. There was just, oh, it was so discouraging. And I'm also very, very choosy. So I did not want to have my bookstore in a commercial space where there was a gas station, a grocery store, um, a liquor store, a cannabis store anything like that. I wanted to be very community focused. And because Hubs and I also have a lot of history and experience in a very specific area in Edmonton called High Street, 
we compared everything that we looked at to that. High Street is a beautiful old space in the western end of uh, downtown and brick buildings, big trees, lots of beautiful community around it, perfect walking space. Like it's just, it's just exactly the kind of character-based environment that I knew was perfect for my bookstore. However, there was nothing available there. So we just kind of compared every place we saw to it and nothing really worked. We almost signed on one at one point and I'm so grateful we didn't. But then at the very last moment, a space in High Street became available. <gasps> yes, and you guessed it, we moved in. <gasps> it is beautiful. Okay, if you are ever in the Edmonton area, please come and see it because we are so ridiculously pleased and proud, like new parents of a baby. It is so beautiful there. And the High Street community has embraced us so fully and the readers there are just so exceptional. So there is just no downside to this. What we wanted to do with the book truck was create community. You know, our mantra is very much about creating a community of readers. And here's what people often don't think about. When you roll into a community with a book truck, that is great for the time that you're there, but you are also rolling away from everybody else. So the idea of creating community and consistency and building relationships was super challenging. And the rolling in idea is fun. But you know what I've heard so often from people who come into the bookshop is that they followed me on Instagram and social media with the book truck, but they were never able to come out and see the book truck because I was never at the right place at the right time to suit their schedule. Now, if your business idea is to be available for readers and supply them with books, because that is what you really are passionate about, but you keep rolling away from them. <laughs> that kind of defeats the purpose. So we were really struggling with how to reach the readers and build community and do that well. And the only way to do it, honestly, is the good old fashioned way of set up an address based business. It, it works for a reason. And online does not threaten that too much because we also have an online store. So we do deliveries almost every day. And during the pandemic, when it started, we were hustling our butts. We were doing two or three batches of deliveries throughout the Edmonton area every single day. And doing the community markets, the festivals, the events, that was really awesome. And I, I, will, I will miss the farmer's markets. I will. Actually, that was going to be... Um, that's going to be hard to miss this year. I'm, I'm kind of sad about that. But the farmer's market community is so remarkable. And the people that I met there, I brought with me to the bookstore. So, oh, you guys, it has just been such a, a huge change. And yet, honestly, to open a store which looks very similar to the inside of the book truck has been a very good branding decision because it is a smooth transition. It is very similar to your book truck experience, just on a bigger scale. And now with COVID, of course, we could only have one reader in the book truck at a time. But in the store, we're able to have multiple people. I mean, of course, our numbers are down and we get to capacity on a regular basis in the store. But we can have more people. So you can actually have your family with you in the bookstore. I know, what a shocking idea. Um, so... It has worked out perfectly. The store opened 
the week after market season ended. We could not have planned it better. It was so beautifully serendipity. I'm, I'm still in awe. The store is stunning and beautiful, and it's about 2,200 square feet of bookish wonderment. So yeah, um, please come by and see it. It's really, really fun. But the book truck is no more. Um, many people have said, well, what are you going to do with it? Well, we actually don't even have it anymore. That has also been quite a change. Um, emotionally, that was a bit of a difficult decision. From a business perspective, it was a very, very simple decision because a truck costs money if it just sits there and somebody else could have a great experience with it. And I don't want to withhold that when the money we would make from selling the truck could really support all the things that we want and need to do for the store. So we thought, well, let's just put it out there and see if anybody's interested. Well, boom, of course somebody was interested. Um, <laughs> we very intentionally did not sell the truck with any store possibility in it. We stripped all of the shelves out. We took everything off the side that was associated with the bookstore, anything, so that it was just an empty shell. That was really hard to see the truck emptied out for the very first time, actually, since we got it all set up to empty all the books out to go into the store was one thing because I thought, well, that's okay. We're just going to load it up again when we take it out to markets next year. But knowing that the shelves were not going to be filled again made the truck feel very lonely. And when hubs started dismantling it and I came home from the store and there was a pile of wood sitting there from sh with the shelves just laying there and all I could think about were all the books and all the people who touched the shelves and experienced it and taken photos and all the different hundreds and hundreds of times that I have roped up the shelves and then roped off again and gotten ready to go to an event and been so excited and just everything, everything wrapped up in those shelves, painting all those shelves myself, the whole deal sitting there in a pile on my driveway was like a carcass. And I, oh friend, it was... Oh my it was quite, um, it was quite overwhelming to experience that. The only thing that made that okay was knowing that our little book truck went to a family who is going to renovate it into an RV and take it to South America. So Daisy will travel. I am so pleased about that. Um, and they're going to keep me posted. So I hope to be able to share more information about Daisy's facelift and her new life with you. Um, but that, that's good. And then I was able to know that Daisy's in good hands and I could just move on because in business, that's what you do. You make decisions that are good for your overall business, for your people, for your bottom line, and you don't get emotional about it looking at the shelves all lined up in a pile. That was my brandy experience <laughs> as just a person, but my business self understood. So yes, there is no more book truck. We have a fabulous bookshop, but no more book truck. So that is why, of course, the podcast name changed and we had to remove all reference to the book truck on all of our business cards and everything else because we're just not doing it anymore. And I wanted to make sure that everybody involved understood that 
that was our history and we are moving on. We are growing up as a company. So that is it. I wanted to keep you guys informed about that because I know that many, many people have been asking and I posted a video about this on my Instagram account. You can go back and look at that. But other than that, it's all about the store. It's the store, the store, the store all the time. And we are so excited. I have probably never worked so hard so long um, in my life, but I'm totally loving it. I get why people have on their wish list somewhere in the future, what dream job they want to have. One of the top 10 is to own a bookstore. I get it. It is awesome. It is crazy work. It is. Somebody said, oh, it's so nice you have a bookstore now. You can just sit there, put your feet up. <laughs> did I laugh out loud? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. Because who does that? If you run your own business, nobody sits there with their feet up just going, oh, look at me. I've got an address. Now I can rest. <laughs> no, no, I'm not resting. Even on my day off, which is today, I am sitting here in my closet, which is really classy, looking at my laundry and all that, um, doing a podcast because this is when I get to talk to you. So yeah, the rest will come later. But right now it is the hard, delicious, precious work that I get to do. And not everybody in this pandemic has the privilege of working so hard and being so well received and having it be profitable. I get that. I do not take it for granted. And I will work my butt off every day to try and be worthy of the privilege. So I am not going to rest until I have to. Um, because I think that the store and the readers that come to the store deserve it. Okay, reader, I know why you really tuned in. You want to talk books, don't you? You want to talk about all the things that are great in the bookish world. Okay, let's do it. Let's just do it. Okay, so I'm going to talk about some books that I've read, some that I loved, some that I didn't, and not in any particular order. So I'm not going to say what my favorite one was or anything. Just I'm just going to talk books. Okay, so one of the books that I read oh gosh, when did I read it? It was months ago. Um, was Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire by Jen Hatmaker. This is her latest book. And I've always read Jen Hatmaker's stuff. I follow her in her podcast. Um, I think she's so fun. She's so relatable. I enjoy her. And I would love to sit across the table and have coffee with her. I just, I'm not gonna lie. I think that would be really fun. Um, this is a book that was so perfectly timed for me. Her whole premise is to talk about as women, we are encouraged to be exactly who we are. No apologies, full stop. I love how she embraces the idea that for so long, we as women and many women, you know, in the, in the church community have understood this. The way she puts it is so smart. She says, you walk into a room and one of our greatest skills is we're able to read the room and determine what the room needs us to be. And then we are whatever the room says, this pleases me. Be that. Oh, yes. Right? Like, I really do feel that we have made ourselves small on purpose because we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to mess up the social norms. We don't want to challenge any ideas because we just didn't feel the confidence or the permission or the support to say, hold on a hot damn second. This is not okay. 
this is not who I am. And no, I don't want to do that. Like we just, we just don't or didn't. And there is a real uprising in feminism to say, it's not just about bra burning. It's not just about waving banners and signs and doing marches. It is about standing in your own space and saying, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. I'm not changing for you. I think we need to educate more young women about the strength and the potential that's within them. And they don't have to ask permission to be who they are. So Jen Hatmaker does such a good job of laying out what it's like to be fierce, free, and full of fire in ways that are humorous. She does a chapter about her own body that you know what? I read it twice back to back. It was beautiful. The way we have talked about our bodies to ourselves, we would never, ever let anybody else talk about us that way. We would never let anybody else talk about somebody we love like that. And yet we do it on a regular basis. You guys, if you want a kick in the pants, if you want a shoulder to cry on, if you want a good hug, Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire by Jen Hatmaker was the perfect read for me to read at this time. It was so, so worthwhile. Um, it's not for everybody, but man, I just, I just, I'm so grateful to have read it. Okay, another one that was so great, and I have put it into the hands of so many readers, is Anxious People by Frederick Backman. Now, a lot of people are talking about this book. I'm sure that it's going to be on, and it has been on, book club lists galore, but it should be. There are books out there that get hyped because publishers think, well, if we don't hype it, nobody will buy it because <laughs> maybe it isn't that good. Um, then there are some books that on their own, they just generate buzz and a tidal wave of popularity because they are that good. Frederick Bachman, already we know, is an established writer who writes heartwarming tales. He is a master of creating drama with a balance of wit and humor and relatability, which is so refreshing. And I love that he's consistent enough we can count on him as an author. Anxious People does not disappoint. It is the story of a bank robbery that has gone bad. <laughs> it's just gone wrong. And so the bank robber flees the scene and escapes into this apartment building where there is an apartment that is open because it is being shown as potential sale. So there's a crowd of people in there who are viewing this apartment. The bank robber goes in and holds everybody hostage. Now, this does not sound like a real uplifting kind of story, but when Frederick Bachman tells it, it sure is. So we get to know the community of people in this apartment we get to hear everybody's story. And for a while I was reading it and thinking, oh, there's just too many, too many stories. How is this all going to get together? I just, oh, there's just too much. And then it tidal waves, it spirals right down. So all of a sudden everything connects and you are left with this beautiful effect of oh, Frederick Bachman has done it again. He has created a story full of heartwarming characters. I have laughed out loud. I felt better because of it. And this is the perfect book for this kind of season of our lives. It is not heavy. It is not dark. There is no trauma. It is just a good read. So please, 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 if you have not, run out and get a copy of Anxious People from your indie bookstore. Let's just not support the big old, big old A. You know who I'm talking about. Go to your indie bookstore and get this book. You will not be disappointed. 
Okay. Let me talk about another one here. Um, what was a really good read? Oh, okay. So I read, <laughs> I read Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. This book was talked about on a number of book podcasts that I listened to, and it just sort of kept coming up as an option. And I thought, am I missing out here? If everybody's talking about it, I feel like maybe I should be reading it just so I can join in the conversation. Okay. So I read the book. Eh. It was fine. It was, I gave it four stars, but I, I didn't love it. I give star ratings based on feelings, not about literary potential, about, you know, great anything. It's just about how I felt. At the end of the book, I felt like it was a good adventure. I appreciated it. And I'm not going to even summarize it here because I find it hard to summarize this book without giving too much of it away. Um, it was okay. That's all I'm going to say about it. It just, it was okay. If you thought that it was awesome, please write me. Tell me what you loved about it. I would love to get a second opinion on how I should perceive this book, but eh, really, it was just kind of a miss. Um, okay, another book that was very interesting was The Exiles by Christina Baker Klein. This is something I did not know at all about in history, that in Australia, they had a lack of women. So they had a struggle with the idea that, uh, how are we going to keep our population going? And so people in the States who committed crimes, and mostly they were women, would end up on these prisoner ships that got sent over to Australia and they would do their time there. Well, of course, a lot of people there would then have children and populate the country. So I did not know about this. It was a very interesting it was a very interesting story and I got fully immersed in it while I listened to it. And then when it was over, I forgot a lot of it. I don't know why exactly, but it was, um, it was a story that I felt was good for the time that I read it, but I'm not exactly sure what to think of it. So the story is about a woman named Evangeline and she is pregnant and she ends up on this ship and she goes over to Australia because she is accused of a crime which she did not commit and they don't really value women in justice so they send her over because she is more value to Australia than she is in London and her story of meeting all these women on the ship and their experiences and then getting over there and the prison system in Australia, the way women are talked to and treated. I just, I don't know. It was a good story and a part of history that made me raise my eyebrows. But I, I, I just, I don't know. It was good, but it was not great. It was not great. Let's talk about a great book. Okay. How about Willa's Grove by Laura Munson? what? You've never heard of this book? I had never heard of this book either. But thank you to Libro FM who sent me a free audiobook of it. I got a chance to dive into this story and it was lovely. I cried. I laughed. It was, it was so beautiful. So it starts with an invitation that one woman sends to three different women and invites them into the rest of their lives. Um, yes, please. So she has this beautiful, um, it's very idyllic, this homestead, and it is in Montana. So all of these women meet there for one week. 
And they just literally, it's all conversations for a long part of the book. And they just open up their lives, all the dark, nitty gritty stuff, the humorous stuff, all the things they think they're ashamed of or worried about and the things that have defined them. And they challenge each other. They break down these barriers. It is so beautiful. I am lacking really solid female friends right now. And to hear these friends talk in this way was so warm to my heart. I just felt like I was part of their conversation for a while and I felt included and I didn't feel lonely for female friends when I listened to this book. And that is one of the greatest compliments for this author that I can give. Um, it was a wonderful story and I really wanted to go to <laughs> this lodge in Montana, the way they talked about it. Oh my gosh. I mean, the Martha Stewart of all kinds of living, she makes her own everything. She gets up, she farms, she like, she's, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. And it just sounded exactly like the kind of rest and experience that I needed. And these women were awesome. I loved the diversity in them. I loved how different their stories were. Um, and at some point it got a little too wordy, a little too um, inner monologuing. But I think overall it was just, it was wonderful. Willis Grove by Laura Munson. Okay, let's talk about another amazing read that I had a book hangover after, no word of a lie. The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Now, I am sure you have heard of this. You have probably read this book. I, however, am late to the party. I did not read it in time because it was just never the book that jumped up at the right moment. And then it did. And oh my word, am I so grateful that it did. So this is a beautifully told story of an old Greek mythology character that we're familiar about, which is Achilles. But it's also about the young man named Patroclus. I'm going to say all these names wrong and his strong friendship with Achilles. And it is a story of loyalty, trust, deep abiding love, and the, the, of course, the history of the Greeks and the wars and the battles and the Trojans, like all of this, it's all in there. But overall, it is this beautifully intimate portrayal of love and loss. Um, oh gosh, it is a good book. I, oh, I don't want to say too much about this one. Read it, read it, read it, read it. Okay. And the last one that I'm going to talk about, because, you know, I just want to give you guys as many good five-star reads for your TBR as possible. Okay. So the last one that I'm going to talk about today is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. I know, I know you have probably heard about this or seen the covers or said, oh gosh, Brandy, can you not give us an original idea? We've heard about this. I've read this, whatever. Okay. But for the few of you out there who have not read it, have not heard of it, I am encouraging you please to give this book a try. It is one that kind of took the reading world by storm in the last little while and I was hesitant. You know, I'm stubborn like this, right? People say, oh, you should read this. I'm like, mm, thanks. No, I'll make up my own mind. <laughs> so I waited and I waited until people who I actually knew and saw in the bookstore said, oh, that book just, it ruined me. I loved it. And I thought, okay, these are people that I know. I have trusted their book recommendations in the past. So I know they don't have an agenda. You know what? It was an amazing story. 
It was really, really so, so good. It was the best, possibly the best read of my last year. It was the last book of the year that I read and I am still thinking about it. This is a story of Addie. She is a young woman in France and she is supposed to marry somebody that she does not want to marry. She does not like where her life is going and she has no power to change it. So she decides that she is going to plead to the gods in the dark, which you are never supposed to ask gods in the dark for anything because you will not get good gods in the dark. But she decides she is desperate and she just asks for God's help. Well, the God that answers is not the good God. <laughs> and she decides that she wants to be free. So who I believe is supposed to be the devil, they call him Lucifer um, or Luke, but he says, sure, I'll, I'll make you free. And the catch is she is forgettable. As soon as she leaves somebody, they forget who she is. As soon as they walk out of the room and come back in, she's brand new to them. So she is not able to make friendships. She's not able to build relationships. She's not able to do anything. Nobody says her name for 300 years because Luke has made her immortal, but instantly forgettable. So it is a double-edged sword and she is lonely. She's gotten used to what this is like and she is resigned herself that this is now going to be her life and she's kind of miserable about it. And then she goes into a bookstore because bookstores are magical and this gentleman knows her name. I know it was, it's a shock. How does he know who she is? How is she not being forgotten? Who is he? What is his magic that he has? So you get to hear Henry's story. Henry and Addie develop a relationship and what happens, I'm not going to say anything. Don't worry all you people who are worried about spoilers. I'm not going to go and go there at all. But in the end, you will, you will probably, like so many people have talked about, they will take their hand and they will thump their chest and they will hold it there and go, oh, because it is one of those, it is one of those endings that leaves you breathless. Um, V.E. Schwab, well done. Well, well done. Um, one of my staff told me recently that V.E. Schwab did an Instagram video where she was being very honest and said that writing Addie LaRue was a labor of love for her. And it was something like nine years in the making and she just poured so much of herself into it. And the fact that it's been so well received and people are wanting more, more, more. V.E. Schwab admitted, I don't think I have another Addie LaRue in me. I think that might be it. I, I don't think I can duplicate that. And that is the kind of book we're talking about. A book that is so loved and appreciated by its creator that she's aware that that might be it, people. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> um, gosh, read Addie LaRue. It is, it is a really, really good book. And I loved especially that it is not predictable. It is not what we normally get in books. The story patterns are kind of similar, except that the themes are different. It felt so refreshing. And after reading so many books that are kind of the same, I love to find a book that made me realize, oh, books can be like this. Yes, I forgot. Yes. Yay! It was really, really good. So The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Awesome.
Okay, friends, I am going to leave those ones with you, and then I am going to put together a whole new list of books, and we are going to talk books all next episode. I am going to categorize them for you, and we are going to have a bookish good time talking about all sorts of titles. And I want to hear from you. So please send me an email, send me a note, tell me what you have been reading, what really stood out to you. Um, it doesn't have to be the bright, shiny new releases. It can be backlist. I love backlist. Bring it on. I want to hear what you're reading, what you love, what you didn't. Give me some feedback. Tell me. Okay, so I'm going to go now and cook a meal for my family because Sunday night is family dinner night. So no matter how you serve the world, shine a light of humor, kindness, and compassion in everything you do. Be relevant, be generous, be unforgettable. May your reading life be extraordinary. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.